Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native. Join my VIP program. Join my VIP program at Effortless English Club.com. Effortless English Club.com. Speak English powerfully. Learn deeply. Learn with your ears. Audio lessons. Think in English and speak English effortlessly. Those are the benefits of the VIP program. Join at EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Just looking over all my social media at the coffee shop today. And again, I'm just struck by what a wonderful effortless English family we have and I mentioned uh, a lot of the names but there are even more names Ekaterina Emmanuel and several others too that it's hard for me to mention everybody because we have so many great members who are so positive who contribute so much and again it shows that idea I was talking about this idea that everyone is a leader everyone is a leader there's a different idea there's a different mindset of leadership you see I think it's a more advanced idea of leadership most of us grow up learning an idea of leadership that is very one way right there's the leader and then there are followers so you have one leader and then everyone else is a follower if we use a military example a military example is nice because it's just very clear and this is probably one where we think very strongly that this is the case this is how it works right there is the officer Let's say a small group. There's the lieutenant. He's the officer. And then under him, maybe there's the sergeant. And then there's everybody else. And the lieutenant's the leader. That's it. That's it. There's one leader. And everybody else just follows. Does what they're told. They're just obedient. And that's it. They're not leaders. I think that's a, an old way of, and a very limited way, a very, very limited way of thinking of leadership. And it, there are other, I think, stronger ways, more effective ways, more powerful ways of thinking of leadership, of leadership in general. And I very much like the, in the military, the special forces mindset that you see, for example, in the the famous example of the Navy SEALs that I mentioned, where 
they teach all Navy SEALs this mindset that everyone's a leader. Every single person in the unit, in the group, everyone's a leader. Everyone's a leader. It's a leadership mindset. And, you know, the, the other side of that is that everyone is also a follower. At some, And it just depends on the situations, right? Because everyone has their own strengths and weak points in general. And also, too, just with time, right? Sometimes we just feel weaker, right? There are just times in our life or certain situations where, uh, you know, we're, we're not at our best. We're, we're, we're feeling low. It's... It just happens in life sometimes. And it also just happens in life that there are times when we're just at our best, right? If you're in sports, you know that just sometimes you'll, you'll have a game or a, or a practice or a match where you are just doing fantastic. You're just performing great. And it's sometimes it's hard to even predict it. It's hard to know. I can remember back when I was a kid one time playing a, a football, American football. Uh, that I was I was really sick before a game. I had a cold and I, I was really sick. And my mom was said, "Oh no, you shouldn't play in the game today. You're sick. You know, it's not good for you. Whatever." And I was like, "No, no, mom, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play." And I played, and I was sick. And you know what? It ended up being one of my best games, one of my best ever performances. At, you know, at that age as a kid, <laughs> but still, it was an amazing performance. I just pr- performed really well. And it's hard to predict that, right? I mean, maybe if we looked at it completely logically, we'd say, well, uh, if you're sick, and probably it means your, your body's weaker, so maybe your performance will be probably worse. But who knows? Sometimes it's the opposite. I don't know. Maybe it's something mental where because you're sick, you focus more. I don't know what it is. But the point is that... This just happens, like right? There are different waves that come and go in life, and there are just certain times where we are doing great, and we're just seem to be at our peak, and there are other times when we're feeling lower. So we have these changes in time, and we also, of course, just have each of us our own natural strong points and weak points. Oh, that's why. And the idea of everyone's a leader and everyone's a follower, or maybe a better word is supporter, is the idea that then it's, it's, it's a very adaptable idea. It means you adapt to every situation in a different way. And every situation requires uh, different solutions, different skills, different strengths. So... In every situation, it's possible you could have a different leader, right? In one situation, well, maybe at one time and in one situation, maybe you're just, you're feeling really weak. You're not feeling motivated. You're feeling down. You're discouraged. You're having a hard time. So you need someone else to step up and be the leader, be the strong one and lead. You're just struggling you're having a hard time doing it so you're going to be a supporter in that situation you're you're needing you're going to support whoever shows leadership at that time 
The idea is that someone in the group must step up. Someone in the group must step in and be that leader, be that strong person. And when they do, and we recognize that they're doing it, that this is the right situation for them to lead, we will naturally look to that person and everyone else will support their decisions, recognizing that they are the natural leader for that moment. And sometimes it might be more than one person, maybe a couple people step up at that time to be a leader and they're working together. But at another time period, in a different situation, maybe you're feeling great, you're just doing really well, and this situation requires your strengths. And then you will step forward. You will step forward and lead at that time. You will provide the encouragement. You will provide directions. You will provide the advice and the leadership necessary. And then others in the group will support you, recognizing that you are the natural leader for this moment, for this situation. Part of this idea also is that, that at every moment, at every moment, everyone in the team, everyone in the group, everyone in the family shows strength and honor and goodness, shows a good example, shows a good example. That, that you have to realize that, that in every moment, everyone else in the team is, you know, looking at you and looking how you are responding. So even in your weak moments, even in your, when you're not being the main leader, you still do your best to, sh- to show a good example so that, that that's also a kind of leadership because you're, you're showing a good example for everyone else in the team. You're not bringing the team down, right? Instead, if you just com- complain and, oh, this is terrible, and oh, I'm having a bad day, and oh, la, 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 negative, negative, negative. Well, then what, what are you doing? You're being a terrible leader because you, you, you could start bringing other people down. Maybe other people are also feeling bad. And if you start to do that, you're going to make them feel even worse. And then you might cause the whole team to start complaining and getting weaker and making bad decisions, right? So it's also a kind of leadership to just show that strong example even when you're really having a hard time. That at least you just try to be quiet and you and you support whoever's being the leader at that time. And that way you're also leading because you're showing a good example. You're keeping the morale, right? You're keeping the emotion strong and positive for everybody, which helps everyone. It helps the people who are doing well and leading, and it also helps other people who might be struggling. So this is the idea. Everybody's a leader. Everybody's a leader. You must always be ready to be a leader. And you must always also be a supporter. Always ready to support everyone else in the team. That's also leadership. That's the kind of leadership we have in our Effortless English family. That's what I see on our social media with all our connections. Lots of people stepping forward and being leaders. And sometimes somebody has a tough time. And then lots of people encourage them. And at other times... The same person who maybe had a tough time two months ago, maybe now they're feeling great, they're highly motivated, they're, they're making big improvements with their English, for example, and now they start 
to step forward and be a leader. They start encouraging everyone else. They start telling everyone else, hey, look, I know how you feel. I was feeling bad a couple months ago. I was not motivated. Now I'm doing great because I kept going and because other members encouraged me and supported me. So now I'm going to be the leader because now it's a strong time in my life. So when it's a strong time in your life, when you're improving, when you're doing great, share that. That's the time to step forward and to be a leader, to encourage, to help, to ask questions. And at other times, with your English learning or with anything in life, at other times when you're feeling down, you're feeling low, okay, maybe that's not the time for you to encourage others. Maybe it's, it's hard for you to do that. But that's the time where you accept the leadership and encouragement of others in the family. You accept their encouragement, maybe even ask for it. And you also, to, you still can be a leader in that situation by not complaining, complaining, complaining. You don't bring everything down, right? You do your best. You can just say, oh, I'm having a tough time right now. But you do your best to still stay strong. That's also a kind of leadership. Right? And it's going to come and go. It goes in waves. Look, everything in life goes in waves. Your motivation will go in waves. It'll be very strong at times. And other times it'll be a little weaker. Your physical energy goes in waves. I mean, even just in one day, in the, in the middle of a day. I know my energy goes up and down at, at almost with the clock. I know certain times of day I'm usually... Uh, more energized and other times of day I have less energy and I want to relax but of course it also goes day by day some days I'm super energized some days I'm super motivated super positive and other days I'm not other days I'm just kind of huh so so you know not not super motivated not not feeling bad just kind of in the middle and of course I have bad days too where I just, uh, I'm tired and my mood is kind of a little bit negative and grumpy. I don't feel like doing anything. This is natural. It just co it comes and goes like waves, these things. And we have to recognize where we are in the wave and then we, we adapt. Right? When I'm down, you know what I do? When it helps me, what I do is I, I get encouragement from you. Number one, I try not to complain too much about it. I try not to talk about it a lot because then I can bring everybody else down. That's not good. But the other thing I do is that I, uh, I read your positive comments and I, you know, I think about and, and realize that, oh, effortless English is helping people. I remember people's success stories. That's a big one for me when I'm down, when you share your success stories with English or just with anything in life. That really helps me a lot when I'm having those days where I'm down. I'll say, oh, yeah, right. This is great. Wow. That's so wonderful. It gets me motivated again. Like, hey, I got to keep doing this because it does help people. It's helping people. It makes a difference in people's lives. Right? So you're leading me at that time. You're providing me with leadership when you do that. And other people too. Other people too, because you're putting it on social media. Lots of people see it. You're encouraging thousands of people, maybe more. That's powerful. That's powerful leadership. So me too. Me too. Leader. Leader.
and a supporter. Up and down. And of course, we prefer to be a little higher up more often than down, of course, but we all have those days. Okay, I guarantee even Tony Robbins has to have those days where he's just not feeling very good. In fact, I think I just saw a saw an interview with him where he did. He said, yeah, yeah, me too. I do have those days, but I just, you know, I don't let it control me. So this is what it means. Everybody's a leader. Everybody's a leader. This is what it means. Your every action is seen by others. Like in your own family. You know this with family, right? If you have kids, if you're a parent, you know this is for sure. Because it's not just what you say. Your child watches you all the time. They notice everything. Your every action is showing leadership to that child because they will notice and they will copy you in many, many, many ways. And we all know that, unfortunately, they will copy our bad habits too. So this is why it's so, so important as a parent. You got to be careful. You got to be careful everything you say around your child. You got to be careful everything you do. And it's not just... It's not just... um, words because they notice your actions too. They they can feel your emotion. Even if you say something, if you say it but your the emotion's different, your attitude's different, your body language is different, they feel all of that. They're you know, children especially, they're very observant. They notice, they notice, they notice. They don't say much. They might not say anything. Maybe they don't even know how to communicate it with words but they still notice so as a parent you are a leader it doesn't matter if you want to be a leader or not you are and it's your every day to day moment minute to minute actions that are providing leadership in fact I'd say it's those actions much much more than what you say to your child Right, you can say to your child, oh, you should be healthy, you need to eat healthy. But if you eat garbage all the time and junk food and you're overweight and you're terribly unhealthy, there's a very good chance they will ignore your words. Very good chance they will just copy your actions. I want to eat what you're eating. Right? Well... We all know this is true with children, but it's also true in general in life that your actions, your behavior, your mindset affects people around you. And if we look at online, it's also true. What you write or post or say online affects everyone else who sees it in some way, large or small. Everything you do with you, around your family or friends affects them in some way. And in this way, you are showing leadership in every single moment. Everyone is a leader. Everyone is a leader. See, these elite, these top military units, they recognize this. They recognize this because with them, it's life or death. It's life or death. If they have bad leadership, if they make bad decisions, people die, right? They die. They make big mistakes, they die. They have poor leadership, they die. 
their morale, their emotions get weak and negative. They die. So it's very serious for them. That's why they're a good example, because uh, the, the, the punishment for bad leadership is very, very, very bad, and especially in those top units, those top parts of the military that see the most fighting and are in the most danger. This is why it's so serious for them. Right? So it's a, we can learn from them in that way. We, most of us are not facing death with our bad decisions, but we can still learn from this idea. Everybody's a leader on the team. The team is very important and everyone must be a leader. Everyone must be prepared to be a leader. And most of all, in every moment you are leading because in every moment you are influencing everyone around you. In every moment you are influencing your team or your family or your friends or whatever. Right? Every moment you're around other people, you are providing some kind of influence. That's leadership. Is it positive and, or is it negative? Is it making them stronger and happier? Or is it making them weaker, more negative, less happy? You're a leader. It doesn't matter. You don't need a position to be a leader. You don't need a title to be a leader. You are. You are naturally a leader because of this. This is the leadership philosophy of our ever effortless English family. And I see it in our social media every day. And I'm very, very proud that it is so positive and so strong. Excellent. So great. You're leading me every day. Every day I get on... Sometimes I don't post. You know, a lot of days if I'm really busy and I have a lot of, for example, a lot of messages on Twitter or Gab, I won't reply some days. But I usually at least scan them and read them. So every day I'm reading them. You're affecting me. All those positive comments. Not just to me. Even when you uh, give a positive comment to someone else. Even when you answer one of their questions. When you encourage them. I see it. I see it. And that gives me a reminder to be positive. To be encouraging. It's leadership you're providing. Everyone's a leader. Everyone's a leader. And everyone is also a supporter, right? It means sometimes you have to recognize. Sometimes you recognize, ah, this person, they're really, they really are strong in this situation and they're, they're really doing a great job. I'm going to just support them right now, right? doesn't mean you, you don't have to be the one noticed all the time. You will still influence people. Even when you're quiet, you influence people who are around you. I just want to say, you know, I salute you means I congratulate you, Effortless English family, on some really fantastic leadership. Thank you so much. And hey, thank you. You immediately, I noticed immediately, you started helping people get onto this audio podcast. <laughs> Sharing, uh, several members shared either the link to my webpage, the podcasts with an S page on my site where people can click and find the audio podcast and different apps. That's effortlessenglishclub.com forward line forward slash podcasts with an S. 
some of you just, just sh- shared more like you know how do you download an app and get the podcast that's great thank you and please continue to do that because especially with all the censorship on YouTube now I I'm not super motivated to do huge numbers of videos <laughs> the other reason is that I know that I'm going to be traveling soon uh, it becomes even more difficult to do quality videos but audio I can do anywhere all the time and honestly too I can uh, I'm a little more relaxed What you can probably hear it I'm more relaxed when I do audio so I don't have to worry about what I'm wearing or how I look or anything like that looking at the camera so it's a bit more natural so thank you thank you again for helping more people find and subscribe to the audio podcast on many different apps let's talk a little bit more about money I'm kind of finishing up on the topic of money here Uh, we've just finished Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I just have a few more thoughts. Not really from the book, but other ideas like I talked about yesterday. If you'd like to explore uh, this topic more, I do have another book I recommend. It's a book I've mentioned before in a few of the shows. I feel it's the perfect balance. The perfect balance to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. As I mentioned yesterday... I find this one uh, weak point or at least disagreement with Robert Kiyosaki which is about having a more simple life which is about controlling greed and limiting greed and reducing, reducing, reducing greed in your life I think that's very, very important psychologically, spiritually however you want to describe it and Robert Kiyosaki uh, disagrees with that. He's completely the opposite on that. Which is fine. However, if you'd like to explore that side more, there's another book, great book. It's also about financial freedom. But the focus of this book, this other book, is much, much, much more on this topic of reducing, reducing, reducing your expenses, simplifying, voluntarily simplifying your life to achieve freedom. It's called Your Money or Your Life. Your Money or Your Life. Your Money or Your Life is a great book and it's a great combination, I think to use the rich dad ideas, understanding assets and liabilities especially, investing, uh, decentralizing your money making and creating assets that make money so you become more and more free or your income comes more and more from assets. All that's fantastic from rich dad, poor dad. But I feel like, so Robert Kiyosaki very much focuses on assets, liabilities, and income. He doesn't focus much on expenses, but that's the other half of the formula. And your money or your life fills in that weak point. Your money or your life focuses on that side of it. Expenses, reducing those expenses, simplifying your life, being happier with less. Identifying your true, real needs, what really makes you happy, and what's just greed. 
and they also have some very very specific financial um, recommendations in the book too it's not just all general philosophy like that it also has you know very very specific about how you do these things it's a great book your money or your life one of the cool ideas from the book an idea that I, I mentioned yesterday that I also agree with is this idea of measuring wealth with time that ultimately if we want to talk about wealth or income or something is to convert it to time that's the most uh, useful conversion that's the most useful unit for measuring wealth uh, or even money I'd say is time because money you know money again it's an idea and the value of money the value of any kind of money can go up and down up and down change constantly right like the US dollar because of inflation because of the money system we've had especially since the 70s the value of the dollar has gone down 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 meaning that that one US dollar buys you much less now we all know this inflation and it's the same for every kind of national uh, money right same it's the same with uh, yen or whatever that overall we know inflation causes that these pa- these paper money systems that their value goes down 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 that you know after 10 years or 20 years one dollar is going to buy less we know you know 20 years from now one dollar will buy less than it does now right this is why we can look back in the you can read old books read old books from like say like 1900 or even the 1800s and oh you know coffee was five cents this is even even much sooner much more recent than that but when you go back to that early, right? One dollar bought a lot of stuff compared to now. Now coffee is three dollars. Even a cheap coffee would be at least a dollar something, right? And it used to be five cents. So a dollar in the past bought 20 cups of coffee. Now a dollar buys less than one. What changed is the value of the money. So this is, it's hard for us to say, right? Just so this is why it's not good to just look at numbers. You can see in Venezuela right now, you know, one of the, one, I can't remember what the Venezuela, was it a Bolivar? I think is the name of their money. Well, anyway, <laughs> now because of their massive inflation, because socialism, as always, is collapsing, they had this massive superinflation. So maybe 20 years ago, one boulevard or 100 boulevards was, you know, maybe you could buy something with it. And now 100 boulevards is worth basically nothing. Basically nothing at all. It's worthless. So if you just focus on the numbers, it doesn't mean anything. Now, if you were a millionaire maybe 30 years ago, I had a million boulevards, maybe that gave you, you know, a good life. Now, if you have a million boulevards, eh, not much doesn't mean much so just the number doesn't mean much you have to convert it to time is one way right how 
converting it to a, a unit of time, how much time would that amount of money give you? Or, you know, how much do you make per hour? And the other thing you can do is convert it to look at it in terms of something real in the world. Like how much does one acre of land, what's the value of one acre of land? Or a cup of coffee is a common one or whatever, right? Something like that, something real. This is why people like gold because although we, it's again, we agree that gold's money, but gold has a much more stable value where let's say one gram of gold a hundred years ago and one gram of gold today more closely buy the same kind of things. You measure gold in dollars and it's a big, 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 big change. But if you measure like how much did one gram of gold buy in the past, like how much food did it buy or how much land did it buy? And then you look how much food or land would one gram of gold today buy and it's much more similar. The value doesn't change as much. This is another way to think about money. Not just, not just numbers. But let's talk about time today. Time. In your money or your life, they talk about with a job, with an income, that you should always uh, convert it to time. Meaning, you know, how much are you making per hour? And what you need to do is you need to determine your real, real hourly pay. How much are you really making per hour? Well, what does that mean, real? Well, here's what it means. Here's how you do it. This is the, the formula, the method. Number one, what is your real total weekly pay? How much money do you make, really make, in one week? Why do I say really? Because you have to, you, of course you have, a, let's say you have a salary, okay, and then you make $1,000 uh, a week. But that's not your real pay. Why not? Well, first you have to, you would add, you might add to that. For example, do you get free, free, <laughs> do you get a, a benefit of health care or something else that has a value? So you need to figure out how much would it cost you to pay for that yourself? So maybe that would increase your weekly pay to, let's say, $1,100 because you're also getting some uh, a benefit like that. However, you also have other things that will decrease your real pay. For example, when you go to work, do you have to go to work every day? Do you have to take a car and drive? If you drive to work every day, well, that's a cost because if you weren't working, if you weren't working the job, if you had no job at all, let's say you just at home and you did investing on the computer, well, then you would not need to pay that gas, right? The gas money going to work and coming back from work every day. The commuting, the cost of the commuting, that, that you have to subtract that from your pay. Because that's a cost of your job. It's a cost you wouldn't pay otherwise. Even maybe having a car at all. If you didn't have a job, if you never had to go to a job, would you even need a car at all? Yes or no, it doesn't matter. But if yes, then okay, no big deal. But if no, if you could do without a car, if you didn't have a job, ah, then maybe the cost of your car also you have to subtract. Or maybe you take the train every day. How much do you spend on the train going to and from work every day? That's part of the cost. You subtract that from your pay. 
What about clothes? Did you have to buy certain clothes for work, like suits? Subtract that cost. How, how much do you pay each year to buy that? You see what I mean? Eating out at restaurants for lunch. Would you eat something cheaper at home? Well, then subtract the additional cost of the lunch. You do all this thing. You go through and you just identify all of the costs to find out how much are you really making from that job each week. Number two. Step two, you have to decide your real total number of hours that you that are connected to work. The real hours. Let's say you work 40 hours a week, but that's not the real hours. Because, again, if you have to go to work and come back, what if you have to drive one hour to work and then another hour to come home? That's two extra hours every single day. That's an extra 10 hours per week. Now you're up to 50 hours. That's 50 hours per week. That work is eating up. You also add the number of hours that you lose from being tired and recovering from your job. For some people, this is a lot of hours, right? They, they come home after work, after working eight hours and then another two hours a day of, you know, driving or on the train or whatever. And they're just, uh, they're, they're exhausted and they have to spend the next one or two or three hours just sitting in front of a TV or just laying around doing nothing because they're tired from work and going to and from work and they're recovering. So add those hours too. Let's say you need an hour a day to recover. That's five more hours. Now you're up to 55 hours per week. What about the weekends? Again, I I know from my own experience when I worked full-time and jobs I hated that many times I'd have one full day, like Saturdays, let's say, where I basically laid around, I did nothing because I was recovering from my job because I was so tired or stressed or whatever from the job that on Saturday I didn't want to do much. So I might, you might add another five hours of recovery time, stress time, worry time connected to the job. Now I'm up to 60 hours per week of, that the job is eating up. That's how you do it. You got to be honest about all of the hours that your job eats up. Not just when you're there doing the work, but also getting there and coming back and also recovering from it when your energy's low because of that job. So for most full-time jobs, it's going to be actually much higher than just 40 hours a week. So now you have the real amount you're making and now you have the real number of hours you're working. And then, of course, you divide right? You divide the total pay, the real pay, by the real number of hours. This gives you the real pay per hour. This your true hourly rate. That's how much you're really making per hour. So now you've converted it, you know, money to time. Or at least time per dollar or whatever, right? This gives you a more clear idea of your financial situation and your income situation specifically. It also gives you a more clear idea of you know, the real value of that paycheck, that job 
for most people, it's actually less than they think, right? It, maybe it sounds good, but then after they add in all those extra hours of commuting, of recovering from the stress or the boredom, they discover that they're, the amount they're making per hour is actually not that great, or certainly it's worse than they thought. Even if you're just searching for jobs, this can help because this can help you look and see that and understand that the salary is not the only thing. That, the, that if you do this with any particular job, let's say you're job searching and you're looking at three different job offers, you could compare all three and do this formula. And this will help you decide which one really is going to pay better. Right, so for example, let's say one of the jobs you're considering has a bit of a higher salary, but it's an hour away and it's high stress or boring. And so when you calculate, you have to estimate, of course, if you don't have the job yet, but when you calculate it, you realize, oh, the, the salary seems higher, but actually the hourly pay is not that great. And maybe you have another job that's right in your neighborhood. <laughs> you, know, you can just walk to it in five minutes, so there's no commuting time. And all the people there seem really nice. And it's a job that you think you, that, that would be much lower stress. You wouldn't need so much time to recover from it. So the number of hours is actually a lot less. So even if the salary was a bit lower, after you calculate, you realize, oh, the closer job, the closer and nicer job actually pays more. Right? It's a better hourly rate, a true hourly rate when you use this formula. And this will help you make better decisions. You'll realize, oh, wait, this closer job that, I, that is lower stress with nicer people, that's actually the better choice, even though the job that's far away has a, is advertising a higher salary. The cost is not good because you have to find all of the cost. The extra time cost, the extra cost to energy and stress. It's just a clear, more, more clear way to make these decisions. This is also a great way to look at investments and to evaluate any investing you do. Right, so you, you get into certain kinds of investing or, or you want to start a business, you can look at how many hours is this business going to require. In the beginning, it will require a lot, but you can look that, you know, once it's successful, will you need to do this business 12 hours every single day with no break? Or will it be possible to make it more of a passive or portfolio type of income, yeah, you could just work on it maybe a couple hours a day after it's successful. Big difference. Big difference. So again, you look at the time cost also. It's not just about the the dollar cost or the, the money cost. You got to always look at the time cost to all of these things so that you're measuring not just in dollars, not just in buying power, but also in time cost. And so this brings us to what is what is being wealthy? Wealthy is really a combination of things. It's, number one, your time. 
You have an abundance of time. Of course, we all have 24 hours a day. It's all the same time. But it means you have an abundance of time under your control. Right? Where you're the master of your time. Where you can do anything you want during that time. And of course, hopefully, you choose to do things. Use that time in a way that's most important for the things that are most important to you. So an abundance of time, that's one part of wealth, time under your control. And health, that's part of wealth, I think, right? If you, if you, again, if you get a job that makes you super stressed and miserable, your health will likely go down. And if you're busy, busy, busy all the time and you start eating a bunch of junk food because you're too busy to make food you're, that's healthy, then you might be getting lots of dollars or euros or whatever, but your health goes down. You're not really wealthy, I think. So health is part of it. And, I, and a big, big, big important one, family and friends. Family and friends. And finally, money. Money is a piece of it. Enough money to give you, uh, you know, a, a good, healthy, enjoyable life pay for your food, to pay for your health costs, that kind of stuff, right? So we do use money, so you do need some, but it's not the only thing. And a huge amount of money will not help if you're unhealthy and you have no family and f- friends that you love or care about and you're working every moment is under somebody else, you have no control of your time, then that money is not going to make you very happy. In one of my lessons, I think I did a past VIP lesson, and we'll be, I'm going to start using some of my past VIP lessons for VIP members. That's the cool thing we're doing, changing over our system for VIPs. And in one of those past lessons, I talked uh, more specifically about your money or your life and some of these formulas. So as you can see, with my VIP program, of course, the number one goal the design is to teach you to think in English, to speak English effortlessly, flu- fluently, confidently, and it should feel effortless when you do it. That's the number one goal of my VIP program, training you to do that. But as you also know about me, I also want to be a good leader in the sense of I want to promote you know, happiness, <laughs> success and happiness in all parts of your life. So the topics I choose for the VIP program and really uh, for my Power English program too are designed to help you be more successful, meaning to have more freedom in your life, really, and to be happier. It's one of the key things that makes Effortless English very different is that it's the best English training and, and success and happiness so join my vip program at effortlessenglishclub.com become a member join our great vip family membership join today at effortlessenglishclub.com that's effortlessenglishclub.com Dot com.
more about time. Why is time important? Right? On one hand, we, we all have the same amount of time. It's, it's the one thing that does indeed make us equal in the sense that one person may have a lot of money and another person has no money. And some people are big and strong and some people are not. We have this incredible variation, which is good. I think it's a good natural thing, variation. Everything the same, that's boring. But there is one thing that is the same for all of us, and that's time. We all have exactly the same amount of time to use each day. It's 24 hours for you and for me. It's 24 hours for the billionaires. It's 24 hours for the monks. It's 24 hours for the homeless. It's 24 hours for all of us. Time is very important. And the thing is, the reason time is important, and you have to think of time when you think of wealth, is that all these things that are important to us in life, that we know are important, that are meaningful, they all require time. They all require some amount of time. This is why, again, becoming financially free is so important. It's not the luxury that you buy. It's the time you gain, and you use that time for the things that are meaningful and important to you. For example, family and friends. I know so many people, so many people in the United States, for example, who are so busy working, 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 so busy at their job, so busy trying to get money, 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 paycheck, paycheck, paycheck. It doesn't matter. Some, some, are, some you might say are rich, some you might say are middle class, and some you might say are you know, lower class or poor or working class. But the thing that's the same about them is they all say how busy they are. They've got no time for anything because they're always working, 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 right? Because again, they're working 40 hours a day. And if they're married, maybe both of them are working 40 hours. I mean, not a day, a week. 40 hours a week. And of course, then they're also driving to and from their job. And many, many of them driving 40 minutes or an hour or sometimes even more because of rush hour and traffic every single day. And they're, they're stressed or they're bored at the job or they're just using so much energy at the jaw that they come home and they're just like and they just want to sit down and watch TV for a while and do nothing so again they don't have the time or the energy for anything else and because of that their family and their friendships suffer a lot they don't put enough time into the family that they love and are close to not just their own children and that's part of it I mean, so many people, they're both parents are working and they're not giving the children enough time. It's not enough time. I'm sorry, just seeing them in the evenings at night is not enough time. But it's also their extended family, uncles and aunts and cousins and nephews and nieces, older parents. And most of those people I'm talking about in, in the United States give almost no time at all to those family members, the ones that are what we call extended family. Sad. And then friendships. 
In the United States, it is very, 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 very common for adults, especially over, I'd say, over 30 and especially over 40, to have no close friends at all. None. No close friends. Because, why? Because of time again. They're so busy, 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 busy. Work, 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 work. And then the little bit of time they have left after work and being tired from work, then they have to focus on their kids, of course. And then there's no time and there's no energy left for friendships. They're so busy. And I have people in my family like this even. That that's all they have. No friendships. They don't put in the time and energy. And time and energy are are connected. They don't put in the time and energy necessary to keep those important close friendships. And so they naturally just kind of get weaker and weaker and weaker. And the... The friendships are gone. And maybe they're still a little friendly. Maybe they send a Christmas card every year, but they're no longer close friends. Friendships, especially close, meaningful friendships, require time. They require effort. They require attention. You need enough time and energy to make them healthy. Same with family. And then, of course, there's health and fitness. Uh, it's probably an excuse for a lot of people, but a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time to exercise. Oh, I'm too busy working, 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 and then I got to deal with the kids and the running them around doing all this stuff, and I don't have the time. Probably not really the case, but still, it's really more of an energy problem. But still, they're using so much time and energy at their job. They don't have enough to take care of themselves. And then relaxation, we do need time to just relax, but not just, not, not in an unhealthy way. Sitting in front of the TV, watching the lying fake media news, is just because you're so tired from work, just wasting those hours doing that, that's terrible. That's not relaxation. Relaxation is kind of a combination of being active and relaxed. I like going for long walks. That's a kind of active relaxation. Just playing with your children. with no, Not trying to teach them anything. Just playing with them and enjoying them. That's a kind of active relaxation. Reading a book about anything. Maybe fiction, just for the story you enjoy. Or nonfiction, because it's something interesting to you. Following your curiosity. These are all forms of active relaxation. Requires time to get enough of that. To be healthy, we need that. And we need a lot of that, actually, to be really healthy. Mentally and physically. And then there's learning, independent learning and reading. This is why, again, in the United States, I can only speak for America, but it's tr- I know it's true in most other countries, too, where most adults really stop learning. They really don't learn much anymore. Maybe they have to learn some stuff at their job. They do some job training stuff, but they don't really actively learn a lot in their free time. Because again, they don't have much free time. And a lot of their free time is used to recover from their job. And then if they have a family, that's even more time. So they just feel like they don't have much time for learning. And so they don't. They kind of stop learning and their brains get you know, kind of stupider and stupider because of that. 
again, learning requires time and a good amount of time to just follow your curiosity and just learn about lots and lots and lots of different things just for the joy of learning requires time. This is why time is important. If your job uses or eats up most of your time and energy, then everything else will suffer. All of these other areas will suffer. They won't be enough. If you're working too many hours and you have all those extra hours too of commuting and you're recovering from your job and the stress, you don't have enough time for your family. You don't have enough time for your children. They, it's not enough. A few hours a day is not enough for your kids. It's not enough. I don't care if it's quality or not. It's not enough. They also need quantity. They need to be with you most of the day. So this is why if your hours and hours and hours, your time goes up at your job, even if you're making lots of money, your real wealth is going down. Your real, real wealth is going down because your family relationships are getting weaker. Your friendships are getting weaker. Maybe your fitness is going down. You're not learning. You're not having the time to relax or to meditate, do things like meditation, prayer, things like that. They also take time. And again, I'll, I can't tell you how many people I meet in, in the United States who will claim that these are important things to them. Maybe they're very religious or just spiritual, and yet they don't really spend any time doing these things. And they say, I'm so busy. Or homeschooling, that's another one. Say, oh, I can't, can't homeschool. Both, both parents are working 40 hours a week. Plus commuting. So that's eight hours a day. Now it's nine hours a day, 10 hours a day or more that they're gone. How can you have much influence on your children? How can you be much of a leader to them? if you're both gone all the time, if you don't see them except you have dinner with them and then they, you, you watch TV for a few hours and they go to bed. That's what a lot of people do in the States. Sad. And it's again, time. It shows you how important time is. Time, 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 time is so important. And this is why I'm so strongly encouraging you to be more financially free. I don't care about you living in a big expensive house I don't care about you driving Ferraris or Lamborghinis I don't care about you having you know gold jewelry and staying in five star hotels none of that's important what is important is that you have lots of hours every day for your family for your children for your close friends for taking care of yourself, for meditation, for prayer, for reading, for learning, for just relaxing and noticing and just appreciating those wonderful moments when you're not doing anything. You just notice the trees, you notice the clouds, you whatever. You notice your children playing, that's it. All of it requires time. And if you're working 40 hours or more per week, you don't have enough of it. That's why you need to become financially free. That's why. And that's why I'm encouraging you so much about this. That's why rich dad, poor dad's important, in my opinion. And also your money or your life. And all the things we've talked about. That's why it's important. 
It's not about luxury. It's not about being better than anybody else. You know, high status. I don't care about any of that stuff. That's all ridiculous. But you know these other things are true. You know it's true. You know these things are meaningful. And in fact, I think for most of us, these things I just mentioned are more meaningful and more important than the work we're doing at our job. Some people maybe are doing incredibly important work helping people. But most people are just working in some business and it's, eh, maybe it's helping people a little bit, but it's not a big deal. And it's certainly not as important as your own children. It's not as important as your own family. It's not as important as your close friends. Not as important as your health. Not as important as your religion. Not as important as uh, your reading and learning and just loving life and appreciating it and enjoying it. And yet, and yet, how many people spend more time at work than they do with these other things. How many hours do you give to your children compared to how many hours do you give to work? How many hours do you give to your other family and close friends compared to how many hours you give to a job or work? Hmm? How many hours do you focus on health and fitness compared to how many hours you use and give to work? Learning. Again, if you're religious, that your religion, your spiritual, your spiritual practice. If you're just uh, uh, someone who loves to learn, to learning, right? You spend, you spend forty, let's say forty plus commuting. You say it's forty-five hours, fifty hours a week. Gets eaten up by your job. Are you giving fifty hours a week or more? Quality, good, focused time. To your family? Are you also giving 45, 50 hours to health and fitness and relaxation and appreciation? Are you giving 40 to 50 hours or more to meditation, prayer, reading, learning, growing? Most people know. Certainly most people in the United States know. You see, it's unbalanced. It's unbalanced. I'm not saying work is bad. Work, work, and especially work that helps people or that is at least positive is great. But it's only one thing. And we only have 24 hours a day, right? We only have a certain number of hours per week, per month, per year. And if work eats up too much of it, then everything else doesn't get enough. And these other things require just as much and I think some of these require more than work hours it's unbalanced that's why financial freedom is so important that's why I'm talking about this topic that's why I chose rich dad poor dad that's why I recommend your money or your life and that's why I keep repeating this topic again and again and again and again and again it has nothing to do with buying stuff it has everything to do with freeing your time so you can Put that time and energy into what is most important and meaningful to you. What will truly give you meaning and happiness in your life. Those are the things you should be spending the most time on every day, every week, every year, your whole life. And if you're not, 
you don't, you don't have to feel upset or angry about it. Just realize it's a problem and start working on the solution, which is financial freedom. And you have now the rich dad, poor dad ideas. You've got your money or your life and other things I've been teaching you about and reducing your expenses. You've got a strategy now several strategies now to do this so no need to feel bad hey look I was that way too and I was frustrated by it and I made the decision to change it and it and it took me years and years to finally get to this point but I did and now I'm very happy because now my family gets the most amount of time now I have lots of time and energy for my friends and for all these other things I mentioned and you will too I promise you, you will too. Just start on the path. Take the first few steps and keep going. That's all you have to do. Don't worry about the big end goal, okay? Just take the first few steps and keep going. You'll be fine, I promise you. I want you to have that. I want you to have it. You can share with me your ideas on social media I mentioned before. It's where the communication happens now. Our communication happens on Gab AI, Gab.ai, G-A-B.ai, Gab.ai. Follow me at AJ Hogue. My name. All together. A-J-H-O-G-E. Our communication happens on Twitter. Follow me at AJ Hogue. Same account name. On one way, it's a new one. It's a new social media. Just started recently. Looks very promising. I have a good feeling about it. They're, they are making, they're correcting their bugs. They're, it's improving. I like one way. I, I'm, I'm hoping they'll be successful. That's O-N-E-W-A-Y, one way altogether. And again, follow me at AJ Hogue, same account name. AJ Hogue on one way, on gab.ai, and of course on Twitter. And Telegram too, Telegram, AJ Hogue. But hey, you know, follow it. Leave me a comment. Let me know how you're doing. And more importantly, I'd say, more importantly, connect with the other Effortless English family members who follow me. I'll retweet some of your comments and they'll reply to you and you can start to make connections with people all around the world. People who are very positive, encouraging, who are true leaders in our Effortless English family. That's the main reason I want you to follow me on social media. It's not really because I, I have a lot of great things to say. It's really more them. I want you to connect with each other. Oh, and one note, uh, answering a question on social media for VIP members. Uh, watch your email. In a few days, in a few days, I will send an email to VIP members. So VIP members, watch your email. The email will have three things, so read it carefully. Some people get the email, they see the link, they just click it. And then they don't read the rest and they miss the other information. So read the whole email because this coming email will have three things. Number one, it'll remind you about your new lesson, the new bonus lesson coming. Number two, you will get a discount code for my pronunciation course. This is for my VIP members. You'll get a discount code. It'll give you a nice discount on my pronunciation course. So you can use the pronunciation course with the VIP program. So look in there because there's a code in there that you can use when you order the pronunciation course. Big discount. And number three in the email, there will be an invitation to a live webinar, a live talk 
with me, a teleseminar, a webinar, with me and other VIP members, only VIP members. I'll have, I'll have the date and the time and a link to join. So be sure you look for that email. You might check your spam folder. Some emails will put it in spam just because we send out a lot of them at one time, right? Because we have to send out to all VIP members at one time. Some emails, if they see, if they see an email going to lots of people, they put it in the spam folder because they think it's spam. They don't realize that you joined the VIP program and you want it. So check your VIP, uh, check your spam uh, folder too in a few days. So VIP members, watch for that email coming soon. On Gab, I just recently posted a nice quote from the book I'm reading. And the idea of the the book was that drop by drop, drop by drop, right? Like water, drop by drop, a pot, like a glass, like a pot, right? A pot, a pot will become filled with water, right? So you imagine there's a pot on the floor or something and it's underneath a little water and the water is just coming one drop at a time. Drop, 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 drop. One drop going into the pot. Drop, 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 drop. Each drop seems like it doesn't do anything, right? It seems like it does almost nothing. It adds, it seems like it's adding almost no water at all. Very, very little water being added. But of course we know with patience and time, the pot will become filled. It'll become filled with water, and then it will become overflowing with water, right? It'll, it'll fill up to the top, and then it'll start even spilling out and going everywhere, because it's too full. It's so full with water. And the quote said, from the book, the book said, that this is what it's like to become a good person. And it said, don't... Don't feel bad. Don't think that, you know, you're working hard trying to be a good person. You're trying to be a positive leader, like I just talked about. But you seem like you get no benefit. You're saying, I'm not getting, you know, I'm not not happier immediately. I'm not, not feeling any benefits immediately. Don't think that, is what the quote said. Don't feel that, oh, I'm doing good and I'm being a good person and I'm working on my weaknesses and becoming more self-disciplined and being a good leader and being positive with other people, but I feel no effect. It says, don't worry, because you, you become good drop by drop. And likewise, you will become happier drop by drop. Each of your good deeds, each of your good efforts, all of your self-discipline that is used for good each little action is just a drop. It's just a drop. And it, you probably won't notice much difference. You probably won't notice much effect from just one of your actions, just one of your drops. And even for a while, weeks, months, sometimes even years and years, you feel like, oh, nothing's changed. I'm not noticing any difference in my life. But drop by drop, you're filling up. And that if you just use patience and keep going, you will fill up 
you will fill up with happiness. You'll fill up, fill up with goodness. Fill up with positivity. Fill up with confidence. Fill up with love. Your leadership abilities will fill up and fill up your influence. The respect you get from other people will fill up. This is one of the harder things in life, especially when it comes to things like this, when we're talking about psychological issues, when we're talking about leadership, uh, even morality, you know, being a good person and not being a good person. One of the difficulties is that there's a delay. The cause and the effect, there's a delay, there's time in between. It's not immediate, right? Like in the physical world, in the physical world, often the cause and effect are close together. For example, if I go to a, a, a wall, a stone wall, and I punch it as hard as I can, okay, there's the cause, I punch the wall, and the effect will be I break my hand and a lot of pain. Very quick, right? And because of that, I, I won't do it. <laughs> because of that, it's a, the, the, the negative painful result is so obvious that only a really stupid person would go and punch a stone wall as hard as they can with their hand, right? Because the, the painful effect from that action is obvious and immediate. But in the world of human beings, in the world of doing good or doing evil, in the good of being in the in the world of being disciplined or not being disciplined being lazy there's often a big long gap i'll give you a very good example i'm, I'm always talking about alcohol i'm not i'm not trying to say all alcohol is evil but it's just a good example because i i used to work in a drug treatment um hospital and they, we also treated alcoholics. And one of the interesting things about alcoholics, and it's specifically alcoholics, is different than other drugs. But that alcoholics that often, often, I'd say probably really most, most alcoholics, do not get the full pain, the full bad, terrible results of being an alcoholic. They do not come immediately. They are delayed by many, many, many years, sometimes decades, 10 years, 20 years. So, for example, even serious alcoholics can often manage to keep a job for 10, 15, sometimes 20 years. They seem like they don't suffer anything bad. They don't suffer bad results. This is why it's so dangerous. Because they drink, they drink, they drink, they drink, they get super drunk. And okay, they feel a little bad, maybe the next day, but often alcoholics can handle a lot of alcohol. Like if I drink a little, the next day I feel terrible. Right, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite immediate for me, which is why I don't really drink. I really don't like it. I feel terrible. And so anytime I see alcohol, I just, I just imagine what I'll feel like the next day, and I'm like, eh, no thanks. But some alcoholics, especially a lot of alcoholics, they don't get the same level of bad physical uh, feelings. Or they just don't care. <laughs> it doesn't really bother them that much. And so they'll drink and they'll drink and they'll drink for years and years and years. And it seems like, oh, nothing's happening. And then what happens is, though, it does finally catch them. It catches them. After years and years, 
it catches them and it catches them hard and it hits them it's like all of those years have just been waiting 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 like the drops right and now instead of a drop they have a tsunami an ocean of pain and suffering hits them at once and suddenly they can't function so well anymore and they lose their job and they lose their friends and their family members don't want to any contact with them anymore and physically their body starts falling apart they start having a huge number of physical problems and their brain starts having problems their memory their thinking it does not end well for them but there's such a long gap that if you talk to an alcoholic maybe he's been drinking for three years and you try to tell them all this they'll just laugh at you they'll laugh at you because right now they're not seeing much pain right now they can handle it hey I got a job I'm still working I'm fine it's this short term thinking this is the, one of the dangers about these kinds of uh, activities and addictions well, on the positive side what this <laughs> quote is saying is that well this is also true of our of many of our good actions our pure actions our, discipl- our self-disciplines all these things that again there can often be a gap between doing them and then getting the benefits there can often be a gap of sometimes many years so in the beginning you think oh being financially disciplined and controlling my expenses oh, in the beginning it feels very tough and I don't see much benefit oh I've got a little extra money big deal oh I've bought a couple little assets they're not making much and it feels like in this very short term Oh, I'm doing all these this this good activity and I've got this self-discipline and I'm being such a good person and I don't I'm not seeing many benefits immediately. It's because it's more like a seed. These are like seeds you're planting and you have to wait for them to grow and they take time to grow. It's not immediate. You don't put the seed in the ground and then poof it pops up and it's a huge tree. You don't put a seed in the ground and boom, immediately you have uh, uh, corn to eat or whatever, wheat. Right? There's a delay. But the reward does come. That's what the por- point of the quote is. The reward does eventually come. And when it comes, just like on the negative side for the alcoholic, it can be a tsunami, <laughs> a huge wave of misery. Well, the reward can be a huge wave of happiness. Long-term happiness and joy and peacefulness. So all you need to do is just keep filling those drops one by one every single day. Your little actions, like helping, like in the EE family, in the Everless English family, helping someone to get the audio show, the podcast. That's one little drop. You're just being generous and kind, that's all. Will you immediately notice a huge benefit to your life from that? Probably not. One little drop. You give a little encouragement to somebody to keep going when they're feeling a little down. One drop. You show a little gratitude, someone who's been kind to you, someone who's been good. You give them a little nice word, you say thank you, oh, I appreciate you being so helpful, appreciate you being so positive. It's just one drop. It's one drop. Drop by drop by drop every single day. You homeschool your child. 
You homeschool your child instead of sending them off to school. So you're spending hours and hours with them every day, influencing them. Each day is just a drop. All right, in one day, will you notice a huge difference? Will your child completely change? Will your connection and your love and your relationship and your closeness to your child immediately change? No. Just one drop. One day, one drop. But when that child's 16, 17, 18, even as an adult, 20, 22, 25, a tsunami of love and closeness, a completely different relationship with them because you made that choice, drop by drop, day by day. It's the little drops every day. It's the little drops every day. It's the same with your friends, your close friends. It's one little email each week. It's, you, know, you call them up every week or two, you talk to them for a few minutes, or, you know, or longer, whatever. Each one of those, just a drop. You're probably not gonna notice a big difference the first time, or the second time, or the third time, or the 20th time. But over years, a gigantic difference. Just focus on doing these little drops. Just add these little drops to your life every day. That's all you do. Let the long term happen. You just got to be patient. Okay? Don't, don't, you don't have to think about that long term so much. You don't have to focus on it too much or worry about it or get impatient. When, when is it coming? When am I going to show some results? Forget all that. All you need to do, focus on adding those little drops of goodness and happiness and connection and love, encouragement, positive leadership to everyone around you each day. Little drops, little drops, little drops, filling up the pot. All right, have a great day. See you tomorrow. Join my VIP program. Join my VIP program, Train English with me. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com today.